Democratic primary shows progressive legislative wave continues to ride strong in Delaware. It's uh, September 15th today, uh, 2022. Meredith Newman, uh, the news journal, Delaware Online. A vast majority of progressive candidates won their primaries on Tuesday, apparently showing that Democratic voters are still seeking more liberal newcomers over established long-term politicians. The state's Working Families Party, which backs several progressives, has become a significant player in Delaware elections, as at least three of its candidates won their races, particularly the open primaries. Sophie Phillips, an environmental justice advocate, won in District 18. Cindy Romer, a tech worker and education activist, won in District 25. And Carrie Evelyn Harris, a veteran, won in District 32. As in 2020, these candidates, who are likely to win their general election races in November, could help further push progressive policy in Legislative Hall. Quote, a lot of these incumbents, a lot of times incumbents will just sit on their hands and wait until the very end, which is why I think a lot of them keep losing, said Carl Stomberg, organizer for the Delaware Working Families Party. Way to go, Carl. I love it. In the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines, in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. Uh, this is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Uh, Rob is here uh, in the Bunker Studio and beaming in from, from all parts of Delaware uh, to talk about this, uh, this primary that we just had. Uh, is a, a wonderful panel. Uh, first, uh, the co-mayor of Jerky Town, uh, my sister from Kent County, Ty Greer. Hello, Ty. Hello, hello. Great to be here. A proprietor, co-proprietor of uh, Delaware Liberal blog, Jason Scott. Holding it down for the, uh, what, boomer white guys who like Steely Dan. <laughs> Dude, we're going to cut in. We're going to cut in some reeling in the years right there. Are you reeling in the years? Uh, and uh, our, our friend uh, who uh, just came off a stint uh, helping support uh, and and organize and run uh, Medina's uh, incumbency win, a huge win. Jordan Pusey, hello. Hello. And uh, yeah, the man of the hour, uh, quoted in the uh, the Delaware Online News Journal, super producer uh, Kay Foster Stomberg. What's going on, Carl? Hello. So before we get into these races and sort of uh, give some commentary on the results, uh, I did want to give a bit of uh, state electoral news. Um, Our friend and friend of the show, uh, our comrade, uh, Julianne Murray, we all know, we love her folks. Don't we love her, folks? We love love everything she's doing. Uh, She won her her injunction in Chancery Court today. Uh, So the vote-by-mail law that was passed is... um, is unconstitutional, so they will not. We we will not be able to u- utilize vote by mail for this general election in November. Um, I don't know. Uh, any any thoughts on that? My only thought is just like it's so convenient that we have this um, this cockamamie court here because like obviously businesses like Twitter and stuff are going to travel from all over to get their cases heard here. But some of this, some of this cockamamie bullshit probably wouldn't go down if it wasn't so easy just to file a case in the Chancery Court. But I mean, I will say this on the flip side, and I haven't talked to Bill about this, so it's not a, a legal decision. 
But from but I read the mo- I read the, uh, the 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 motion and some of the material when we wrote an article for it in the Delaware Call. Um, Jordan and I worked on it. Um, it it kind of does seem to look unconstitutional to me. I mean, if if you care about these things, I I don't really. But I mean, uh, for uh, for people who want to be a little doctrinaire about it, I guess perhaps it is. But um, did you guys see it? What was your what was your thoughts? I don't know how the um, what you know the Republican strategy is seems to be to get on the wrong side of popular things right now, and that um, I think that's good for for Democrats, right, in the long run. And plus, the you know the people who vote who want to vote by mail would potentially be Republicans. Am I am I wrong? I don't know. I mean, what do you guys have any? I mean, we did it, obviously, as an emergency during COVID, and they tried to extend it um, in the legislature, and this is what happened. I mean, some of the other, just to be clear, some of the other package uh, is still in effect, so it's still, you know, you're still supposed to have same-day registration. Um, I, I, there's still early voting at particular polling places like there was, I think, so this is the one thing that kind of got um, chiseled out, but I mean... What's the impact, Carl? Because what happened was that they tried to pass the way that it works right now is that we have absentee voting, but we have the weird. I don't know how many other states have this, but it's not as common where basically we have absentee voting, but it only can be used in a specific set of circumstances. Of course, those circumstances basically cover almost any reason you just vote by mail anyways. But that those reasons for why you can vote absentee are in the state constitution. And the original idea, uh, and I believe it was HB 75, was the second leg of a constitutional amendment that would have basically gotten rid of, so instead of vote by mail, it was no excuse absentee voting. So basically, you could request a mail-in ballot wherever you were, whether it was at home, whether it was abroad, whether it was on vacation, you could request a ballot. And as long as you verified it was you and mailed it back, you could use it. Um, But... Mike Smith and Mike Ramone switched their votes um, in the news cycle, so they all the Republicans were voting against it. So they were not able to get the second leg of the constitutional amendment passed. So they kind of tried to get sneaky with it and pass like this different version, which was like, okay, so we're not allowed to change absentee voting. What we're going to do is we're going to create a new vote by mail system, and so it's not technically absentee voting, so it doesn't technically violate the Constitution. Uh, but in effect, we're basically doing the same thing, except we're calling it something different, and it just makes it kind of more confusing. And there is definitely some concerns about it being passed. It's like, is this constitutional? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but it's worth taking a shot at it, which I think it was worth taking a shot at it. But um, Well, uh, one of the chancellors uh, decided that it wasn't. So, yeah. so it's, it is what it is. People can still absentee vote, and luckily for people um, who are busy on election day so if they do have work on election day and we didn't get paid time off the vote because it was blocked by leadership um people who do work on election day will still be able to vote early um for like two weeks before the election so uh it's not a complete disaster or anything but it is definitely kind of a pain people who are working on election day like the president of the united states for example yep well, he could always just say he's going on vacation to Delaware. I think he should take Marine One, the chopper, 
and chop her into because I guess his early voting place would be the riverfront, right? Isn't, isn't that where the the, the yep. one in Wilmington was? I mean, so, he yeah, could go he, to any one, right? He'd go to the Claymont Community Center. He could go to the Hudson State Service Center. He could go to the Department of Elections warehouse on Lisa Drive. There's so many options. There you go. Chop her in on, on Marine One. You can land. See, the cool thing if you do it to the riverfront, you can land in the center field of the of the baseball ground. Which everybody, you know, people would fucking, they, they people would go crazy for that. So let's get into these um, these races. All in all, as we kind of said to kick off, um, I I think that looking at these things like I do, and I'm not like down in the minutia of one campaign. I'm not sort of I don't do that kind of stuff. So I look at it as like a little step in a long journey. This was a huge step forward. Now, there were some wins, some big wins, and some some close defeats. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about is just the fun, the fun one. Uh, Lydia York for auditor um, won extremely convincingly uh, over Kathy. Um, again, because Delaware doesn't really have polling and it's all just like gossip, rumor, and innuendo, no one really knew going into it. Um, Jordan, what was your what, what was your feeling going into it, and then throughout the day and and the result? Like, what did you, you know, it could have. Now it looks like it couldn't have gone either way, but it did for a little bit. Yeah, I was I was a little scared that Lydia wasn't going to be able to pull it off, but I guess the text campaign, and then when I finally saw a negative ad about Kathy being a convicted criminal, I was like, yes, finally. And everyone I talked to at the polling place was there to vote for Lydia. Like, it wasn't, I don't know. They were like, we're not voting for that criminal. Yeah, I mean, I guess that really stuck. That was the thing. Like, is it, can you just do that and people will come out? And they did. Now, the the the, the, the terrible thing is that Unfortunately, and it sounds like it's going to start happening a little bit more now that she's won the primary, because I saw about a three or four minute clip of Lydia York on Delaware Online again being interviewed. It was kind of spliced together, so she gave some long form answers a little bit. Um, She seems great. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'm a CPA and I'm an attorney. I just want to go in there and do and like, you know, do the thing, you know, make it a state agency again, even though I'm an elected politician. Um, so she seems great, but like nobody really knows that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm 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 glad she won, and I think, like I said, in, in retrospect, I guess the people. Plus, it was a low turnout primary, um, even for that one, which you know people did come out for it. But I don't know. Was it ever in doubt, Jason? There was a lot of hand. Well, there was a lot of hand wringing uh, involved. There's been many of it. A lot of that hand wringing was emanating from Delaware liberal at. The- so um, I think people were kind of nervous, like didn't know what to expect with um, with Kathy being sort of popular in a way. Um, and sometimes that's enough for politicians, even though like Kathy's not just unqualified. She was unqualified the first time she ran. She was like anti-qualified this time because she was convicted of doing the opposite of what her job was. So how much of that was going to get through to actual voters. Um, 
I was at my my polling place, and my neighbor was there. And my neighbor, and my neighbor is sort of non-political, and so when he and when Kathy and Lydia York were the only things to vote for, and I saw him there, I was like, well, okay, um, the the news is getting through that uh, we don't want a criminal representing, you know, the Delaware in this the, the Democrats in this race. So. There was a lot of like nervousness because it's sort of uncharted territory, but ultimately, uh, more than just sort of political nuts like ourselves got into it and and sort of in, knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I hope uh, I kind of hope after all of this we could just put this behind us. Um, but then uh, today I got uh, an email that the sentencing has been scheduled uh, for the middle of October. Uh, Bill and I will have to make the trek uh, back to the uh, Kent County uh, Courthouse, the Superior Court Number Four, and we'll have to see how that goes down. Um, I'm predicting a slap on the wrist, um, but again, I also know that Kathy has um, sort of uh, desires to uh, appeal this again to the Supreme Court on evidentiary and, and you know sort of fair trial reasons. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't see this ending. This is something. Carl, I think we're going to be able to milk this uh, again for another another six, nine months. God willing. <laughs> so yeah, what's I, the over-under that she's going to actually come on the bunker now? That's the real question. Well, we don't know. I mean, look, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, talk about, what do they say in like an espionage? You don't want to talk about like uh, tactics, like specific specific things that you're doing. So without getting into that, I'd say it's a coin flip. But yeah, I think I also do want to talk a little bit about the fact that we were incredibly wrong about the uh, the race when we did our primary preview. I think it was the only one we really did predictions on, and we were all like very, very off. Yeah, um, which I mean, is which I'm super happy about. To be clear, like I think I made it clear during that, which is like I really hope that Lydia wins because you know for for obvious reasons, but. Um, I think the thing, and that's this sign that we can talk about sort of more throughout as we talk about the primaries, because what had really worried me, especially in the last few weeks, is when I was going out, you know, I'd go out for our WP candidates, but then I would also, uh, you know, if the conversation was more than just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like if there was a good conversation, I would try to move to the Otters race as well and then talk about like Lydia and Kathy and, you know, make so sure So Lydia basically got the Working Families Party bump, not a... Official bump, the car. Not bump. officially. I, I I would say like I'm not here for Lydia, but I would talk about Lydia. Um, right. And Medina. But, I mean, we were handing out lit for her, yeah. and we all had Lydia York buttons. So. Yeah, but what it, what concerned me in the last couple of weeks was that I would talk with people. So, for example, like on what Becca turf I went out on, I talked to 12 people, and two of them knew about the Kathy McGinnis thing. So my worry was, people are going to come out to vote for just because that's what they do or because they were going to vote for like a down ballot candidate. And then they know the name Kathy McGinnis. They don't know the name Lydia York. And so they just vote for Kathy McGinnis. That was basically, that was the theory behind a Kathy McGinnis win. But I think yeah. what we saw on Tuesday was if you weren't out to vote against Kathy, basically you probably weren't going to vote except in these very few districts where people tended to be a little bit better engaged because we just saw this is the lowest primary turnout since 2014, um, where the primary turnout in that race was 7%, and 
it was significantly higher in this one. It was 16%, but it was lower than 2020, lower than 2018, and lower than 2016 as well. Um, so I do think that that helped Lydia because the only people that were going out to vote were, mo- for the most part, people that, you know, followed the news a little bit more, that kind of knew what was going on, and uh, were like, okay, yeah, this is something that we need to put a stop to. So I think that did go in her favor. Um, and the campaign, I think we had predicted, like, the campaign was not going to pick up in the last couple of weeks, but it did pick up. Uh, like, they did do some texting. They did do some events. Yeah. Uh, they did do the ads. So, like, that prop, or I still think they should have done more. I still think it was a big gamble doing the very lackluster campaign that they did. And there's a lot of other stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, I'm, we don't really have time to talk about that uh, made that even more worrying. But luckily, she did pull it out. And I think she's going to be, hopefully, a very good auditor. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, I think the turnout, it, it, it struck me when I walked into the booth. Because I go right in the first thing in the morning, and I, I kind of knew there was no, or, or we had talked about there's no, there's no Republican primary, no, no, nobody was else. So that was all, as sort of like Jason said, I walked into the booth, there was just that race in the Democratic primary in my district. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I got it. So I, you know, I voted for Lydia York. So like, because, <clears throat> well, I told you why. I, I, I looked at her as like a, a tyrannical boss. And when that's the kind of that's a that's a type that I don't particularly like, um, but yeah, seeing it like that, I'm like, you're not coming out. The, that that thing of of just name recognition when you're going down a long ballot, and you know you're in a general election and you're v- voting for people you know you don't even know. There's all there's parties you don't understand. There's people you've never heard of, like that. Actually, that that wasn't that that wasn't the context that this was in really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that 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 part of it is over, so that whatever happens now actually doesn't impact like state employees trying to go to work, or just like state employees um, suing other state employees. Like uh, you know, we wrote about it in the call. She was trying to get data, Medicare data from health and uh, human services or whatever it is, and there was a case they wouldn't give it to her, and she you know. She actually would have the authority probably to get it. They don't want to give it to her. Well, now, luckily, I think that's we're past those those kind of problems. Uh, I I do hate the idea that that now Carney wasn't put up to to really. We didn't get to stick it to him, which would have been actually would have would have made this. Uh, you know, at least it would have it would the fact that we'd had a criminal in office it would have made it a little bit better because Carney would have had a big problem, but. Yeah, I mean, it worked out the way it should have, I think. And I think, I think, Rob, I appreciate the Democrats' approach, the Democratic primary mm-hmm. voters' approach to uh, saying we, we shouldn't elect criminals to to office because I don't think, I think that's a point of differentiation with the Republicans where they kind of like the criminals, right? Yeah, specific uh, kinds of crimes anyway. <laughs> the... Um, the the Kathy thing that got me though was your your sort of uh, and we you know we went back and forth on the blog a little bit but your your kind of Kathy cheerleading a little bit was uh, unsettling but you did come around at the end and I appreciate that so thank you. Well, I mean, again, I think a lot of it was like Carl, you know, I, 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 I and Bill, you probably never be able to figure out where he was coming from anyway, but. I think there was a there was a there was a little bit of tongue in cheek involved in that, like, and also I you know I said 
it would be a disaster if she won at this point, based on everything that I know. Um, but the only saving grace would that it would be a huge fuck you to the Delaware Democratic Party and John Carney personally. And so that would have been extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> that was the only that was the only thing I liked about it. But, it, uh, yeah, ultimately, I voted for Lydia York. I think I did the right thing. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much that. Um, let's talk. I, I want to, before we get to one big one, talk about something that I, another thing I kind of find funny. Maybe Ty has a, Ty and Jason might have a little more sort of feeling about it because it's down, down in Kent County way. But our big boy, our big round mound of rebound got blown out. Colin Benini got, like, there was a three way race. He wasn't even in the top two. He got cut off of the sheet. I mean, what, what the hell's going on down there? I was I was shocked. I was expecting him to be in the top two. I was expecting him to be. I'm sh- I'm still shocked. It's, yeah, I mean, I guess it, did they just go? They kind of just went for uh, like they went maga, like full maga. Is that sort of what the analysis is? I guess I don't know anything about the race. We kind of talked about it a little bit. I think Buxton's a little bit maga, and some of his signs were like you know, let's go Buxton, kind of like let's go Brandon thing. But I think it's more of. Um, Buxton was a you know county councilman. He was a he was a wrestler for Caesar Rodney, and um, that's not nothing. Like he was a state champion, and and people like that shit. And um, uh, he Benini was is terrible. <laughs> I mean, why why is he never primaried before? Because he was so awful. I mean, he really. I mean, doesn't vote for state budgets out of like. Um, some kind of, you know, well, well again, it's, 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 it's the libertarian, it's that libertarian streak. And what even the libertarians are finding out is that like, nobody wants that. Like it's dumb. Uh, it's baby brain thinking. Sometimes you're right. Cause you're like, I want to do what I want to do. And you, like, and then you're like, marijuana's good. Okay. But then did you really help with that? Not really. You know, civil assets, asset forfeiture is good. But you're also speaking of being doctrinaire about the Constitution and all of that's like you're not going to vote for the budget because you disagree with government spending. Like it's like our little Rand Paul kind of guy. Yeah. And and he just doesn't yeah. like regulations because he doesn't want uh, code enforcement to come to his log cabin. Yeah. His log cabin is is replete with electrical violations is what I understand. And this is just from his own testimony uh, at, in, in, in the chamber. So I'm okay. not saying anything. That's the, the the benefit of of the state having the Highlands bunker now. They would know that not to go to Colin Benini's log cabin for a cocktail party because it's in danger of falling on your head. Yeah, I mean, there's the who knows who knows what the jack you know there's what the jack studs look like on a log cabin. The thing's probably a fire hazard. True. Yeah, I just think, as I said, I, I don't think that there's a this sort of like ideological game that people play about libertarianism i think more and more people kind of get the fact that it's it's dumb and so you don't make any friends um and frankly you don't want any friends you're 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 one you're a one-man liberty machine and so you're an individual so go fuck yourself you're out the interesting <laughs> part too of that race though is that uh kim petters i have to ask uh, carl was it kim uh that was the she sort of like got some notoriety because she became a big anti-masker and was going to a lot of school board meetings and telling yep. people that masks are, you know, tyranny and all this bullshit. 
Correct. Um, and she, she also yeah, Jordan knows more about this one. Yeah. In yeah. a school board election, not one yeah. single school board election. And she really did not very good relative to Buxton, I guess. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very similar to the Ennis race in 2020, where it was somebody got just a bit over 50%, and the other two basically split halfway. Um, Petters did a bit better than Benini, but yeah. I mean, as we were saying before, it was like, this is a test, like, does that kind of, like, right-wing activist politics, because we have right-wing politics. We got plenty of, you know, very right-wing people down in Kent and Sussex. You know, you got your Lawsons and your uh, Rich's, Rich Collins, but they're not, they're kind of old-school kind of kooks, whereas I feel like we don't have as many, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene or the or new, the new brands. We don't have the new or brands. Like, or like even Ben Shapiro, like those types of people, we don't have as many. We let them, we nominate them to statewide positions for Republicans because Lauren Whiskey is obviously very much one of those types. But it, I do find it very interesting how little play it has at the local level. Yeah, because yeah, I, Brian Shoup held off a right wing challenger. Yeah, by quite down a bit. Down in Milford. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it seems strange because that kind of um, grassroots Facebook sort of oriented, uh, you know, mass tyranny kind of thing seems like it would play more a little bit on a, on a small scale than it than it did. So, I mean, that's good for the, the people in Kent County, but it's strange. It's a little weird. Well, I, I think I just think the shtick of it is more like somebody said something about Whitsky. Like the the shtick of it is more to like to do the right wing podcast circuit, like to get a ten minute hit on the Daily Caller or whatever, like that. That shtick isn't to get votes. Shticks to get clicks, and so I'm not surprised. It doesn't really work here. Yeah. For well, also, they like don't organize. Well, yeah. They don't actually do the work. They just talk a lot of trash. Yeah, because right. I'd be interested to hear. I, I have a quick thing, but I'd really like to hear Ty's position on this, being the the Kent County person. Because um, I know I've talked with uh, Rachel Gregoire about this a lot because she lives down in uh, Frederica. Um, Frederica, Frederica, I, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I know you, but mean. <laughs> the, uh, like with Patriots for Delaware, they can get like a huge group of people together and have like a rally with 300 people at like a moment's notice. But when you look at their actual like school board record, even in, there's some exceptions, obviously, which is one of the things that she saw, like with the Jalen Powell race earlier this year, like she got really beat by sort of a very Patriots for Delaware Republican Party guy. But for the most part, their record is very bad, even in areas that should be favorable to them. So yeah, they like they have p- some people, but they're not very good at translating that into vote. And I think it's just because they're not particularly good. I don't know if it's because they turn too many people off or just those areas are kind of suburban, moderate enough that the Republicans aren't kind of the same types. But I've been to hear like Ty's view on this, sort of doing a lot more Kent County work. Well, I think with, I don't think that Jalen Powell's race is a good one to use as an example, only because it was more of a, like a, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of tone. And that was not probably, I think that that was what hurt that race um, because of the area and the constituency. Like I wouldn't, that was probably what hurt that race. Um, So I don't think that she would be a good example of, them actually a win if that makes any sense um yeah 
I definitely wouldn't because I think that that was the biggest thing that that hurt her. It wasn't her campaign wasn't diverse enough. Um, in hindsight. Yeah, and again, I think Jordan made a good point too. Um, what they're doing, what, and we're going to get into this because the next thing is is Deshaun O'Neal. And so another ex-cop, another person, quote, I'm doing my quote, in leadership, just got retired. And, uh, and that happened because of, like, what a bunch of volunteers did. It happened because uh, stuff that, you know, that Drew and Carl organized and Kirsten Walther and all of these people went out and did. And, like, the other, like, nobody, like, Patriots for Delaware can't do that stuff. That's a, that's a very, it's a niche. Like, the whole point of what you guys are doing is not a niche. It's to involve as many people as possible, not, like, the smallest, most rabid lunatics. And so, it doesn't work. But in the case of Deshauna, it most certainly did work. Um, I don't know who wants to speak on it first, but I'm uh, I'm I'm very pleased with the outcome. I don't know. Do we have anybody from RD13 here, perhaps? Uh, yes. Go. Go. What do you want me to say? I love Deshauna. Um, I've known her for years, and I'm so happy right now. Um, I kind of feel like if Larry Mitchell maybe would have spent more time actually doing campaigning instead of trying to rig endorsements. Uh, we might not be here, but thankful he did the same lazy, let's hire a consultant and send out some weird mailer campaign. And now we actually have someone who understands what the district's going through, who may be a little bit more responsive, who will just show up for us, and who's just an amazing human being. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you that uh, I I hung out yesterday with um, with our friends uh, James and Jen over there. Uh, that we hung out, we hung out at their spot when we did the big like block party thing. Uh, they were extremely pleased with the result too, and it's just to see people like, hey, we did it again. Um, but my question, and maybe Ty, maybe the best people to talk about. All you you all are probably good, except for uh, except for me. Can you just, how do I want to phrase it? Do you think that, given like the story that came out in the paper today, um, given this result and everything we just talked about, is it becoming abundantly clear that like the Delaware way of doing it, like especially incumbents in like statewide races like this, like, that's not flying anymore. Is there anybody who, who, I mean, everybody's at risk now who does that, I think. Yeah, they have to work. They actually have to work for the seat. And Larry didn't work. Well, and I think what you oh, well, see. Real quick. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. But you got to keep in mind, the 13th RD is the only district in the state of Delaware who went for Bernie Sanders. It was one of Jess's best performing districts. You know, they they are ready for progressive politics here. I mean, I almost won county council with, like, you know, they like progressive women, it seems. Yeah. Or progressives in general. 
You said that before I even knew who Deshaun and Neil was. And I don't even know. I think we had we we did it after uh, two years ago, in like recapping the primary and like Jess stuff, and that was one of the things Carl said to me. When he was looking at numbers when they came out, he was like, "You know, you know, Jordan's district went, was like the strongest Newcastle County district outside of Wilmington for Jess. It was like had, it was a cra- it was it was a little like a little island." Yeah, you've it called is, it, so it's you, solid working class. There's a lot of people, especially like seniors and just like a lot of people who just feel left behind. And we haven't had the best legislators for a while. A lot of them were absentee and didn't show up to stuff. I mean, Larry shows up to like civic association meetings, but, you know, we didn't have lights on 141 for like two years and I didn't get them turned on until someone actually died. So <laughs> it's like that. Ty, do you, uh, in Kent County, especially in Dover, like where where Carrie had a great victory, I think, who will be in, someone else who will, who will bring uh, is going to be a big change, a, a big swing seat. Like you, you don't. <clears throat> Deshauna had to had to beat Larry in the primary. Carrie, um, basically replacing Bennett. Uh, is almost on par with Deshauna replacing Larry Mitchell. I mean, I, I just I I look at it sort of. I, I see a lot of similarities with it. I mean, Ty, is that the kind of is that the kind of stuff that you're when when you go out and canvas these the RDs in Kent, some sort of similar similar stuff. Well, I just want to say that we have. I got involved with Jess's campaign and I want to tell you that Jess woke up Kent County. So I just want to make sure I put that out there because it was so much easier canvassing for Carrie and doing things for Carrie because people were reaching out to me. So when it was time to vote or when it was getting the elections were coming, they've been reaching out to me ever since um, Jess. So I just want to put it out there that we worked hard at Kent County for Jessica Rain and she did very well here. So I think that the, 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 how do we say the the way was paved? So it, yes. it was hard as when we were coming through for Carrie. Yes. So then when Carrie's coming and when we're coming through for Carrie and we're seeing something different, I want to say that Andrea she she did come through on some things um in her last term. So I want to give her props for that because she definitely did come through for us when we needed her. But I think that um with Carrie, I think that we're going in the right direction. Like, I feel like we really got some, we, we're, we're making gains. You know what I mean? And that's what I was, I felt like that Carrie was the candidate that would make us have, make gains in the right direction after Andrea. Yeah, I look at it just like that. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I said that to, I think I might've said it to Jess and a group of people, but I definitely said it to several people. Like, yeah, it's all part of, it's all part of the same thing. Like, that's how you build you know, you build traction. You see, you know, Jess had a big impact in RD13 and had a big impact to start to lay the lay the groundwork for some sort of organizational apparatus in Kent County. And, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Do you also think that, like, having, like, when the Working Families Party was out doing the issue-based campaign yes. outreach, it was, you know, so you're activating regular people on issues, and then they're like, oh, wait, people actually care about this, too. Like, yes, I can't afford to put my kids in daycare. I like, I'm not getting paid good wages. Like, 
these things are not working out for me. We're getting sick from COVID and then we have to like lose money because we're mandated to stay home. Like, and I got, and I can't, every, yeah, every, every progressive that runs, I feel like just keeps that message going. So even if you lose, you still made a difference. Yeah. No question about it. Like, I, I, again, it's, it's just, it's almost, um, I don't know what to call it. It's surreal for me because maybe it's just optimism. It's like a dream state for me. But like all the stuff that we talked about doing a year, two years, three years ago, when you see it sort of work, uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty neat. Like I remember two years ago, Carl, you might remember this conversation. You were like, yeah, we did this, um, this big win. We, we swept in and Medina's there, but like, we got to do that again and hold all of these seats. And I'm like, well, when you put it like that, <laughs> it seems daunting. Uh, but that's really what, ha- what, what happened. You know, the traction was able to, the traction of the movement was able to bring up a bunch of, much, a bunch of people, new, new, new faces everywhere, and hold on to the squad that we've already sent. So I think it's all, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's stuff that we've talked about for years coming to sort of like at least seeing like, okay, this works. This program is working. Absolutely. And, and when you look at the alternative and I, you, you, like Andrea Bennett was there because her husband was, uh, Brad Bennett was a legislator. And Brad Bennett was there because his dad was a, like a fucking Dixiecrat, you know, fat ass real estate agent, you know, bullshit Democrat for, for years. So, you know, the, the idea you know, that Ty said of, like, this grand campaign waking up Kent County, it just, and, and you know, each working families party or, or, you know, candidate sort of building on whatever happened the last time and then moving it forward. Um, you know, I keep, you know, keep saying and repeating on the blog that it's a movement, not a um, not an election, but I got that from you, Rob. And I think that that's the that's what's been missing from democratic politics for so long. Because the, the establishment obviously has a lot of um, a motivation to keep people away from sort of activism and away from like sort of like making demands until it comes becomes election time, and then at election time they want Democrats to come out and vote for you know random scumbags that you know have always run, but. Uh, you know, it's really exciting to be a Delaware Democrat right now, especially somebody who's been in this since the Howard Howard Dean campaign was activated by that. So I'm excited. And I just want to add to that. that I think that one of the things that um, has helped with all of this since the Skirin campaign was that we have more organizers. Like having Reggie down here, you know, we had um, some amazing canvassers. Like we're organizing King County. Like even with like Network Delaware, when we hold our monthly meetings, like we are having different people from different groups. So when it's time to go out there, like we're actually getting organized and having people show up for things. So that's exciting. And I'm looking forward to it continuing to build from where we're at right now with this Carrie win. Because that was the big difference between Carrie and the other candidates is that her campaign was actually campaigning. Yeah, I was also happy to see we should uh, mention too because, again, really the amount of work that went in, and you guys made it look easy, I guess. But um, Sophie Phillips, 
uh, won easily uh, to to take the seat that uh, Dave Bentz had, retiring uh, Dave Bentz. Um, best candidate, comrade and friend of ours. And, you know, we just went out and, and won that handily, open primary. Um, same uh, in Newark for Kowalko's seat. Uh, Cindy Romer stepped in. All the organizing force went there and won it handily. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, <clears throat> that was just to be able to, I mean, Carl, maybe you can speak to this because it's something we talked about before. Like to be able to have some sort of organizing power where they can, you know, they can be supported, endorsed, other groups. Like again, Moms Demand. I've we've 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 teased them before, and we will probably tease them again. But these these moms come out. They're out. Like they're everywhere. And so look, um, a lot of this, you know, is just showing up. And that I see them everywhere. So to be able to leverage that kind of uh, organizing capability to win, um, to win those, and just like in regular fashion, go in there and just dominate, I thought it was awesome. So shout out to uh, Cindy in Newark, who I hope to speak to soon, and Sophie in uh, Christina, who I also hope to speak to soon, um, because I, I want to see sort of what direction they're going. It's hard to tell, and I'm very interested in it. So, yeah. I mean, what I'll say on that, yeah, go ahead. Is Route 40? We're gonna make the Route 40 corridor the most progressive place in the state. That's the move. We already got Medina and Eric in there, and now we got Sophie. Now we got Cindy. There's only a couple seats left that aren't fully progressive yet, and that might change soon. Hmm. Wow. That's. Uh. I mean, look. If people hear that and they hear uh, a threat uh, like of some kind, then that's correct. I mean, that's that's correct. You would, that would be correct. That's a that's a direct threat. Let me ask you a question then on that, Rob. The um, there are two parties in Delaware now. I think there's the uh, Democratic establishment and the uh, Democratic Progressive Party, and um, I think the Democratic establishment party has thrown some really weak. Counterpunches like Schwarzkopf campaigning for you know uh, against incumbents in Newcastle County and some really bullshit things. How do they gather? The, is this going off topic? But how do they gather their strength and, and what what's going to be the the true sort of counterattack of the uh, people who like just being serfs and you know uh, lackeys for the corporate shit. It's a great question. I don't think it's off topic at all because it goes it's it's sort of another bigger picture thing. Like Jordan would be a good person to speak on this cuz I think you were talking about it before we turned the microphones on. But I mean Pete just looks like nothing now. Like a like just like a he's out campaigning against incumbents and getting his ass beat. Couldn't do anything and then Kathy, you know, gets her gets her ass beat. And he's there, like he looks as weak as, you know, the the whip gets beat by Deshana. Like this guy's nobody. And so, when does that, when does when does that uh, crack open up? It seems like it's opening up now, but when's the when's the fatal blow come? Twenty twenty four. 
I'm I'm for that. We put we put targets on them. I like that. We just gotta find someone in the 14th, the 15th, the whoever's left. Becca run again. Becca to run again. Definitely needs Sinead to run again. Yeah. But well, I do want to talk a little bit about like the question of like the counter punch specifically, because I think that's more interesting to me than like Pete himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is like Okay, what is so once you get a progressive in office, what is the argument to get them out of office? Um, because I think we saw two different tacks taken by uh, Kelly Williams, Mareska, and Michael Hersfeld, and I think they both failed miserably. And I'm interested to see what if they try everything different in the future. Do they try to double down? Because basically, one of the promises of running a progressive campaign is that we're going to actually do the things that Democrats always say they want to do, but never actually do. And so when you're running against one of those people that is actually doing those things, you either have to say, actually, no, we don't want to do these good things, or you have to say, oh, no, I'm the one who's actually going to do these good things, and they aren't going to do these good things. Because Kelly williams Moresco was flat out lying about her positions on many issues, saying that she supported a lot of things that she did not actually support. Um, and that by itself obviously is not a winning message, so you have to go a different route as well. And so what she did was, uh, I am standing up for the community and not an agenda. That's a line you're going to hear against progressives a lot going forward in the future, I'm pretty sure. They're going to say, oh, well, I care about every pe all the people um, and not just these crazy progressive priorities. Um, like, because like, they're going to play like basically groups like WP. They've already started to do some DSNA in a lot of states, which is like, oh, these democratic organizations, small D democratic and big D democratic, but mostly small D democratic organizations are special interest groups. And we need to fight for the community, quote unquote, against them. And what they mean by that is white middle class homeowners who all they care about is their literally, literally games and keeping lower taxes. That is the true constituency of any legitimate democratic government. And we need to fight for their interests over the interests of these, quote unquote, uh, dangerous progressive groups, by which they mean ones that support universal health care and a Green New Deal and other stuff like that, which they believe is crazy government intervention because it doesn't benefit their constituency. Um, but who it actually does benefit is the group of people that Delaware is getting more and more of every year, which is like working class families, people of color, immigrants. Um, young people, people who are not sort of tied into the existing good old boy network. Uh, and that's more and more people every year. And that's why I think a big part of why I think you're seeing a lot of these things happen now is because Delaware is a state that is changing. Like RD13 would be a perfect example. That state changed so much, or that district changed so much. Uh, it's so diverse now. It's a lot younger. Um, the type of politics that the Bob Burr, Dave McBride politics that used to be in that area don't play anymore. The Larry Mitchell politics don't play anymore. Uh, and Medina was a similar example. It's so many people, um, highest percentage of immigrants in the state, highest percentage or most diverse district in the state. 30 years ago, it was all white homeowners. And so trying to play that, they're still going to try to play that politics of basically this imagined, it, it's a very conservative politics. Like it's not, it's kind of white grievance, but they're never going to use that official language like the Republicans will, but they're going to like try to get at it. Uh, it was like when R Rafael Ochoa was running for uh, school board, and it was like, we have to protect the interests of property owners. He, he's the one who just like outright said it. And Kelly would always say it with like, oh, so many great private property owners putting up my signs. Like, they'll dog whistle and basically, 
they have a conception of like who is the real citizen, who is the person that really counts. And I think it's very hard once you kind of expand that definition of who really should count in our politics, which I think is something that we've tried to do. It's very hard to constrict that circle again. And I think that's going to be their strategy is to constrict it again. And I don't think it's going to work. Are they, Carl, then trying to bring over uh, Republicans who are kind of sympathetic to that argument, or are they trying to activate Democrats who are well nervous about the fact that, I mean, to be candid, you know, a bunch of black women are uh, representing the Democratic Party. Where do, where do where does the establishment party find its primary voters? Well, Kelly tried to register Republicans. It didn't work because they're all like at this point, if you're a Republican, you're pretty bought into that project. Like you're not going to want to switch to a Democrat. Um, I think a strategy that you are probably going to see them trying to push. And it's honestly not something that I would be that upset with them getting as they probably I would not be surprised to see them start pushing for open primaries um, so that they can. People don't have to be Democrats to influence Democratic primaries. Um, the problem with that, I think, on their end is that. Uh, a lot of young progressives are also independents in Delaware. Uh, and I think we could easily balance out um, any change that they would get. So I think that strategically is probably something that would make sense to go with if you're trying to moderate the way that these primaries are going. Um, and then beyond that, it's like making sure that you're consistently boosting the turnout of homeowners in these very suburban neighborhoods. And then Jordan just put in the chat that uh, like co-opting the messaging so yeah like to actually win a primary they're gonna have like that's the they're gonna have to co-opt the messaging that's why every incumbent that ran whether they won or lost was basically like i'm a progressive who gets things done uh i know that was deb's whole message that was john viola's message in 28 or in 2020 uh so larry it, tried to put that shit larry on larry tried that was pretty funny um but yeah so i think in the short term, like the co-opting and trying to say, like, we're the real ones that are going to get done. But in the long run, I think there's going to have to be some structural changes in how these primaries work or else they're kind of just going to be on their way out. Because yeah. what Democrats really want is for us to actually do things. Yeah, I guess here's, so here's my question. Throw it out to everybody. Using that sort of foundation. The, the people who did win, and and let's well let let's just close it out with way to Medina and 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 Eric crushed everything just like we thought they would, um, and you know they'll be they'll continue to do the things that they're doing and proving to people when they organize that they actually do the things they say they're going to do, which is a big thing. But for the people who don't, say a Deb Heffernan, right? She's a progressive that gets things done. I mean, I, I, I gets I, it done. I, that's what I look. More, more people, more and more people are saying it. We can show. Should we show them, folks? Um, yeah, but but I, I mean, I have no, I have no faith in the idea that like that like this having to turn out like this and get the Bob Bird money and do the razzle-dazzle and really actually do something to, to beat a, a somebody who was organized and together in Beccacato, um, I don't think that's going to do anything. She's, gonna, she's just going to continue to represent the people she represents. This is just 
This is just a mandate for her to do it another two years until she until we until she gets beat, right? Like we're not going to see anything good out of her. Th- this didn't this didn't do anything to make her politics change. Like getting a, like a Namdi, I, I suppose is the same. I mean, I don't know what your guys' position is, but like, you know, the guy wins by <coughs> the guy wins by ninety votes to a firebrand uh, comrade of ours on the city council who ran for basically two months and lost by ninety votes. But like, is is that going to be like, oh, Namdi? Is he going to think, oh, my district's really a lot more progressive than I am? No, he's going to serve the same fucking interests. So I just I I just don't want to I don't want to take the target to be taken off these people's backs in some way. Like, oh. This will this will this will persuade their politics to show them that no, they're going to represent the people that they're they've always represented. I mean, I, I think that then, this election has been really um, has revealed a lot of those has sort of like stripped away uh, you know the the pretense from a lot of those people and uh, I mean that that Deb Heffernan was receiving you know awards from the Chemical Association. You know, six months before the election, and you know, in pictures smiling with all those guys. Um, I don't. I we certainly won't see. I don't think we'll see that. I mean, that's just you know, it's gonna it's gonna look. People look back on that like how absurd. But um, so you know, I, you know, I hope you're right. Um, I I think that they will be able to sort of like triangulate a little bit if they're interested in that though but uh but you're right they're in, in a way that they're, they're sort of politics are what they are and they'll be you know working for uh our sort of petty oligarchs in, in the state but um but this but this election at least is another step towards sort of like exposing that you know and it's exposed it even to me who's been paying attention for a long time in a way that you know there's democrats out there who are just kind of bullshitting, you know, their way through and not, you know, really sort of interested in the community, but more interested in the stakeholders. And, you know, I'm not trying to suck up Rob, but for Carl, but the uh, the call has been and the Highlands bunker has been instrumental in sort of like taking down the uh, taking down the curtain. So, well, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I thought again, I've told the story a bunch, and Carl was there uh, when we went um, with Kowalko to speak against them, giving Amazon the money to bu- to build the Boxwood Road plant to that county meeting or whatever. And I remember, you know, we walked out of there disgusted, but I have to, like, yell back, just, just give us uh, two or three election cycles and we'll take care of all this fucking shit. And I just said it like that, but, we are, but that's what's happening. Like, um... You know the, the the program is working. Um, the reason I think, and, and maybe Ty and, and 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 Carl can speak to this before we figure out how to wrap it up. But the reason it works is because it's not you're you're not dealing with a particular. You're not trying to take your stakeholders and make them happy, and then put on some sort of character for everybody else to get just enough to have a mandate to represent your stakeholders. You're going to people and being like, would you like your life to be better? We can protect your rights and we can make your life a little better here. Uh, would that be that be cool? And they're like, yeah. And so you can't – it's very hard to counterpunch that because the person just told you that what they were going to do and they're going and doing it. 
it, what what they told you was not uh, you know some game they were playing so that they could do the stuff for their stakeholders, which are usually you know big big banks, uh, land you know land holdings, uh, real estate, the Chamber of Commerce, and the cops. The Delaware <laughs> Restaurant Association. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's not. That's a when big, I say the chamber. When I say the chamber, all the people that are like, you know, they're holding the fuck the workers ball probably next month. <laughs> extravaganza. The fuck the workers extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that whole idea of counterpunch, like, I mean, let's be honest. Pete looked real flaccid yesterday. Wet. He was a wet, flabby, flaccid boy. I saw some pictures of him. Didn't look great. I mean, he's got the golf shirt tucked into the, like, cargo shorts or something. Is that what he's rocking? With, like, I don't even know what he's doing. Probably, like, an Under Armour shirt, too. <laughs> yeah, it was an Under Armour shirt, I want to say. Like, a blue one. But, yeah, I, I don't see um, I don't see Pete. I, I don't see that style of politics being able. Because they're serving a particular constituency, that's their role. That's why they're cop. That's why they used to be cops. Um, there's nothing. They, there, there's no counterpunch they can do. Because the work that everybody's done has shown that you can actually elect people, and they'll actually do what they said they were going to do. Like they'll stand up to people. Like it's it's incredible. Like again, it's like a bunch of. Uh, and not everybody's in the same role, I get it, but it's like a bunch of Kowalkos. They're doing what they said they were going to do. It's incredible. I want to say that it has been an amazing thing when I'm going to knock on people's doors and being able to be like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, Delaware Working Families Party? Yeah, you know, we did this and we accomplished this and this is why this didn't pass and this is how you can help here. Because it's been so long, it seems like, since people have actually had people come campaign or come through, like when we came through the 15 and we come through with the different things, that it, and then actually come back with tangible wins and actually say, hey, this is what happened or thinking, it's been great. And I, it makes me feel good about what I do. Um, I'm actually wearing a Delaware Working Families Party shirt for those who can't see me. Um, and I'm proudly, you know, a couple of days after the primary. So I just want to say great work. Shout out Delaware Working Families Party. I love it. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get. I I did get the the one with the white Working Families Party font on the black tee, but just recently scored the orange one, and uh, I've been I've been wearing that out all the time because the program here. I, I mean, I can't speak for any other state. Uh, I I know Working Families Party's done a lot of great stuff in New York. Um. What they're doing here is extremely successful. <laughs> I mean, I can't. There's no other way to describe it. Um, I mean, Ty, you you're holding it down. I mean, the stuff that's happening in Kent County, I'm just. I didn't think. I knew we were going to do this. I just didn't think it would happen this fast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we can't forget Reggie, Rachel Gregoire. We she's down here too, and she is killing it. Like she is a godsend. Yeah, I saw, I saw it's you see the her Diego bump, Actually, it's her son. He's doing yeah. all the work. Technically, it that is cute Diego. little face. Yes, Six Diego's probably listening to this. Keeps us going. Yes, yeah. he probably is. Diego, we love you. Love Diego. 
It was funny because I was going to say, you know, I, I've seen uh, Reggie everywhere. You know, you see her when you do the stuff. But then you see Diego there, and he's getting his picture taken. He's in the selfie. He's he's like, can he be, is he on the payroll? Is he like a comms guy? He's like a. Listen, he did, he did rallies with me. Diego's everywhere, and he's amazing. He knocks doors. He does it all. He definitely deserves to be on a payroll. Okay, so let's recap the election before we get into the last uh, last little bit of fun part that will stick or it won't stick. It was a huge success. I, I really want to shout out especially uh, Shanae and Becca because that's the kind of stuff that really, really creates traction in this movement. Ty said it earlier very eloquently. Being able to start to build that foundation in Kent with Jess's campaign is why we're in the position we're in today. So running those kind of insurgent, issue-based campaigns is incredibly important. And, you know, Becca and Shanae are not going away. Uh, but everybody who won, Sophie, Cindy, Eric, Medina, Deshana, Carrie, ah, and uh, Kira Hoffner. She won her primary and hopefully will replace uh, old man Ennis, right? Yep. So, yeah, these political things are happening. Um Get on. The first thing I tell anybody to do is just get involved with the Working Families Party in some fashion. Join up. Give your. I guess you have to give more than twenty dollars because I didn't get a hoodie. Whatever you got to do to get a hoodie, I couldn't tell you. I don't have one. But yeah, that's that's really the most important thing. Um, what they've been able to do in building a foundation for organizing, for training people, uh, for doing issue campaigns, for doing lobbying and advocacy. Uh, and then to be able to turn out um, trained people to apply the program and campaigns. Uh, it's just, it's fucking amazing. Um, that's, that's, that's your, that's your point of reference. So that's the, that's the plug for, for WFP. Here's the fun half. The Kathy sentencing was scheduled. We know this. This this is happening, I think, was it the, the 13th of October, the 16th of October, something like that? We're going to go around the horn. 19th. 19th. Thank you, Jordan. We're going to go around the horn. First to Carl. Super producer Carl, what do you think the sentence will be for these two misdemeanor charges on uh, still the auditor, uh, but she's lost the primary to Lydia York, uh, Kathleen McGinnis? I think she'll have to serve as Kathy Jennings's uh, butler for two years, like a like like that like that situation, like a sitcom situation. Yeah, like a sitcom situation. Like a sitcom. Okay, I like that idea. This is something I feel like Jess and Bill could write and produce a sitcom like this. Ty, what do you? Th- how do you think this is going to go? I really don't think that they, she she's probably gonna get like six months probation, dog walking, dog pickup duty. Yeah, community service. Yeah, something grimy. 
right. Jordan, what what do you think the 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 penalty for these crimes, these heinous white collar crimes, uh, will be in Judge Carpenter's court uh, a mere a month from now? Uh, one year probation suspended to like sixty hours of community service. Jason Scott. I think and hope she gets 24, at least 24 hours in jail because I'm dying to read the, her version of Mein Kampf or her letter for, letters from the Birmingham jail. So I think the world needs to hear that. So she needs 24 hours of quiet time to write those things. My Maybe prediction. she should be so, uh, sentenced to uh, appear on the island's bunker. <laughs> That's not a sentence, though. Let's not let's not talk about it like that. Because look, that's not that's something that should happen willingly. It shouldn't be punishment. You should want to come talk and talk things out. You know? Yeah, she want to come here. <laughs> exactly. So, I I do have to say I'm I'm very uh, partial in a way to the to the Jason Scott version. I think she could actually redevelop. Within 24 hours in jail, she could do like the Gramsci prison notebooks and she could redevelop the theory of hegemony just in that one 24 hours that she would be in jail. It would be incredible. But what I really think is going to happen uh, is suspended sentence, obviously. The only thing that, that you guys didn't mention, and I don't know, maybe as part of the probation or suspended sentence, does she get an ankle bracelet for a month? I think no. No, not that it's not that serious, right? And yeah, there, I, I mean, it's not like a a crime to where you need to be watched because you're actually trying to harm someone else, and there's like a right. no contact order. Correct. Yes, it'll just be suspended. I think she'll just get like <laughs> she, she'll have an ankle bracelet that prevents her from getting any near any contracts. <laughs> um, you can't. I can't even get. Thank God, Bill's not here. <clears throat> R.I.P. Tori Ann. Oh, Your grift is over. Come on. Oh. They're just, you just got to vote. Uh, no, and the only other, and I agree. So I, I, I think that it'll actually be less suspended. I think maybe it'll be like 30 days suspended, um, if that. Uh, and there will be, I feel like, some fine or, re- or reimbursement of some fashion. Uh, I'm not sure. But I'm thinking like 30 days suspended max, $20,000 fine max. So something between those two things. I think that's what we, that's my legit prediction without even knowing like the law, just what I think these two mis- white collar misdemeanors are going to bring. Um, yeah, so it's going to be pretty anticlimactic, I think. Well, don't you think for a misdemeanor, a $20,000 fine is a little steep? Well, the problem is the conflict of interest has to do with uh, giving benefit to your family member. So because of the context of the crime. So, yeah, I mean, if it was just like jaywalking misdemeanor, yeah, it would be steep. I think it has to do with like the context. But that's why I said max. Paying restitution to the state. Yeah. Y- yes, like paying paying some sort of restitution or a or a small fine, but again, it might not be. I, I it could be zero. 
it could be 30 days suspended sentence and, and five thousand dollars just because you know that's what she has to like if, look for example if she had to repay even if she had to repay just her daughter's wages because the relationship was deemed criminal from the beginning just the way she was hired directly um and the benefit she was given i think it's still you know probably 20 30 40 grand right i mean just how much does she make over the course of 20 grand maybe no they probably make a hundred thousand dollars a year not the daughter the daughter oh she made uh, it was nineteen thousand dollars that they okay. said she had made there you go so uh yeah, so I think that um, if they have, to, if she has to pay all of that back, say that could be twenty grand. But no, I but but like that's the only reason I think there would be a fine. Because yeah, for two like very minor misdemeanors, like nonviolent white collar misdemeanors, yeah, normally you would get like nothing, like nothing. There, nothing would happen. Buddy, for even somewhat violent misdemeanors, you get nothing. Right. I guess I, I guess that was sort of to, to Ty's point, right? Like anything she gets is almost almost too much for this. I mean, really, the only. Well, I don't know. I mean, she breached public trust. I I, I think she should be held to a higher standard than a regular person Again, involved I... in the criminal justice system. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily disagree, but I was like I guess I was just sort of responding to Ty's point about like you can't really even expect too much because people that do this completely nonviolent don't really get anything. So yeah, and anything that she would get is just well. That's why I think maybe she'll be made to to pay to the sal the the wages back say because because of the context. I don't really think that that would happen otherwise. You know. And then what happens at the Supreme Court? Because you know there's going to be razzle-dazzle at the court. She's going to spend the rest of her life trying to clear her name. Sounds like she needs to get on the Highlands bunker and tell her side of the story again. I completely agree. I agree, too. Look, I think, and, and, and you know, I think we can come to a lot of common ground if she would come in. I think it would be a very productive conversation. Um, you know, I know there's some things she thinks she wants to clear up. I'm I'm willing to listen. But I've been also very open about my feelings about her behavior, out, even outside the criminality. Just general behavior that I, I didn't think was uh, appropriate or, or, or good. So I think we well, should have Well, as you that. know, Kathy thinks the Highland Bunker, they got it right. They get it right. There were a few things you got wrong, Robert. For the most part, you got it right. Does Bill know she said that to you? Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, I I snuck a picture of Kathy and her sister, and but she actually posted her her sneak picture of me on social media without nice. my consent. <laughs> Good. You know what? With everything you're doing, you should go up on social media sneak picture. That's too bad. It's funny because the picture of me, I like have my phone in my hand and I'm like smiling and laughing. And it's obviously because I'm texting all of you guys right now at that moment. That was like, oh my God, guess who's here? <laughs> and then Sickos. she was like, 
where should I go next in this district? And I was like, oh, uh, I heard the highest turnouts at Marshall Elementary. See, this is why. This, this is why you get caught in sneak pictures put up on Facebook. Ty, uh, thank you very much for joining. I'm very happy to hear all of your reports from Kent County because they make me feel good. Thank you so much for having me here in Jerseyville. You know I love it here. You got to be up to the studio soon. You're always you're dodging. I will be. Things life is about to get normal for me. For well, tie normal. So I'll have I'll be able to real soon. Jer- Jerkyville normal. Jerkyville normal. <laughs> Jordan, thank you once again. Your RD is is a hero again. Yeah, we did it. Um, my grievance was finally heard by the voters of the thirteenth, and yes. they they ruled unanimous, unanimously. That I am correct, that Frank is wrong, that Larry is a crook, a liar, and a jerk, and needs to kick the curb. Nice. Yeah, nothing's better than the grievance that was heard at the ballot box uh, just uh, last week, or just earlier this week. Um, Carl, uh, thanks for uh, not only producing this one, but I think giving people a little insight to like why the program works, uh, because... Uh, it's it's being um, it's being fostered uh, by a group of great people. So uh, great work out there. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, that's it. That wraps up primary season. But we have to get behind these uh, candidates when they actually become uh, representatives and uh, hold them to it, just like we've held everybody to it uh, this thus far. Uh, thanks, everyone. We have a couple great, uh, couple of great book-related shows coming up. We're gonna have more information for you next week. You know how to hit us up. Uh, Left the best.